Hello and welcome to the Be Less Dumb podcast. It's basically me chatting to a bunch of coaches who are more intelligent than I am and work in different areas than I am used to. I'm just going to ask them a bunch of questions and try to become a little less dumb in the process. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. In this episode, we are once again talking to Connor Murray. Not only was he the first guest to come on twice, he's now the first guest to come on three times. Uh, Connor is one of my best friends in the world. I've known him for, I don't know, guess on close to seven years now. Uh, we had our undergrad together in, in uh, strength conditioning at IT, and we also did our master's together in UCD. Since then, Connor has gone on to um, has gone on to work in Budapest and run his own personal training and performance business out there. Um, if anyone's listened to his first couple of podcasts, you'll know he's a, a big MMA enthusiast. And we have talked firstly on Virginia Jiu-Jitsu and then more on weight cutting. And we're going to kind of keep around them areas today. Um, so first of all, Connor, just to give, when you, first of all, how are you, mate? And why don't you give yourself a bit of an introduction just for people who haven't heard the first couple of podcasts? Yeah, thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me on again. It's, it's always a pleasure. It's, it's great to be able to make the, the three-peat today. So, um, yeah, like you say, you give me pretty much a, a very good introduction uh, working over here in Budapest with uh, both personal training clients and also some athletes. So uh, anybody that knows me and listened to the previous two podcasts will probably know that my favorite thing to talk about is prepping the, the combat sports athletes. So that's the, the area that we'll touch on today. And for today in particular, we'll probably be talking about uh, supplements, creatine, monohydrate uh, particularly. And we might later on kind of gloss over how it kind of dovetails with uh, some of the weight cutting stuff. Um, if your listeners are interested, they should probably listen to the second episode that we done together so that they have a little bit extra context for some of the, the stuff we talk about around there. Just in relation to the creatine kind of stuff, just a, a little disclosure for people as well. Uh, neither of me or you are uh, running an affiliate marketing scheme here for creatine. We're, we're not taking any, any money by you know, big, big creatine for this. We're not shells of the industry. So uh, we're just hopefully going to report uh, honestly about some data that, that's out on this supplement and hopefully it's informative for all the listeners. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, no, nobody thrown any money at us to talk about this stuff. Uh, well, definitely not, not yet. me. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, okay. I guess, I guess the first the first thing we'll touch on is let why don't you just give our listeners an explanation of what creatine is and and how it works? Yeah, I will of course. So whenever we talk about what creatine actually is, there's so much misinformation in like the media and the news cycle around creatine you, you'll have people that like have the impression or attitudes that creatine is some kind of steroid you'll have people that you know straight away kind of shun it as if it's like a, some kind of like a taboo illegal substance but creatine is actually made in your body you can make it endogenously it's comprised of three amino acids so whenever we think of like a, a complete protein that you would get through your diet or nutrition they, they're typically got 20 amino acids 
So creatine's a little bit smaller in its makeup than those, but we can get it through foods also. You, you get it in your diet. If you're uh, beef, salmon tend to have creatine as well, around about one or two grams for about half a kilo, 500 grams or, or a pound for your uh, uh, cross-Atlantic listeners. Mm-hmm. But so creatine, like most people are probably taking it in their diet anyway without without knowing but we can not really get the sufficient dose through our diet it can be quite hard if we're getting like one or two grams through our nutrition to actually fully saturate your muscles with creatine to get its the benefits of of supplementing it so it's a little bit unique in that way compared to a lot of other supplements that people might take like a protein supplement or a caffeine supplement and that you can actually like quite easily get sufficient amount of protein through your foods. And that would actually be a preferred way to get your protein. But personally, if I'm working with a, a personal training client or somebody at the supplement side of thing tends to be kind of the, the cherry on top. You tend to try to get them eating whole foods and whatnot, but Creatine is one of the ones that actually it's it's really beneficial to to get it in its like powdered form, and just because of the dosing to to get the appropriate amount that you have to be you know getting down like kilos of beef and salmon and like you know unless you're going out hunting game or something every day like Joe Rogan you're you're probably not gonna gonna be able to get that sufficient amount. Um, but to move on then, just to kind of what, what are actually the benefits of creatine? There's like a lot to kind of bite into, but typically what people will probably first and foremost quote is the, the increase in muscle size that comes with creatine. And a lot of people will tell you correctly that like, oh, you take creatine and you gain a lot of water weight and that's true you you do take in more water whenever you're uh, supplementing with creatine but it's not that you're just going to be big and bulky and bloated which like a a lot of female clients would have this kind of reservation about if we suggest creatine supplementation but what you have to understand is this kind of cell swelling whenever you supplement your creatine you're allowing more water more muscle osmolarity it's called so more water can enter the muscle cell and while in the short term yeah that's like water weight and like the acute phase like one to two uh, 1.2 excuse me kilograms you, you can probably expect after like a, a loading phase uh, of increase in body mass this kind of water weight that we pull into the muscle actually has benefits for uh, gaining lean body mass and muscle tissue so the, this kind of cell swelling it, it increases these things that are called myogenic factors in the muscle and to to quote our, our old uh, lecturer here on q uh, absolute legend down in LIT and Satanta College, he said, it does good shit in the muscle. 
<laughs> does all these here kind of chemical reactions and um, essentially it increases these things called satellite cells and the satellite cells in turn will lead to greater increases in muscle tissue and that can be pretty useful for quite a number of uh, different populations you even had a our colleague Orla Duffy on for a podcast there about two uh, two weeks ago or so that I listened and her kind of populations that she was talking about training the older adult definitely that kind of three to five percent of muscle wastage that people go through later in life that can definitely be helped to be offset uh, in the older adult by supplementing with creatine so that this kind of muscle growth effect uh, over the long term uh, can definitely be a, of a huge benefit. So not, not only for athletes, but general populations. So uh, maybe if you're writing the Christmas list for granny next year, you might want to uh, <laughs> chuck in a, a kilo of creatine for her there. But yeah, that, that would be kind of an introduction to the, the muscle building side of things. Yeah, it's um, it's funny because that is, having that chat with Aura the other day has, has opened up so many conversations with people um, about the effects of, say, sarcopenia and uh, how you can maybe offset that in elderly people. And I think we should probably have her back on again and go through some more in-depth stuff and how some things they do. But that's a really good idea. You know, if you're looking at, you just talked about the effect of creatine on... Um, on uh creatine on sorry on muscle growth and hypertrophy yeah um so yeah uh, is there anything else you want to touch on on that side of things before we move on to maybe the combat sports side so what i would just say on that side of things a, a lot of the the myths that people have around creatine as well a lot of people like uh, have these kind of like bogus suggestions that it's like bad for kidney health or any of this kind of stuff look at the, this supplement's been around for like 35 years there's like such a body of research that you can like look into and for like the vast majority of populations like they've shown efficacy in older adults from people with like mild traumatic brain injury which we'll talk about probably a little bit later but it's really really has been shown to be efficacious and just touching on the the kind of populations the the older ones that uh, Orla was discussing it, it's actually correlated to a uh, greater sit to stand sit to stand excuse me results which is a kind of a correlational test that they would uh, correlate with better um, ability to withstand falls in older life so uh, yeah super interesting area of research there for for people to to look into and there is there's a lot of misconceptions about about the, the you know the the supplements so um you can really read for for days on on all the different research that's available yeah i mean you know so one thing you always hear about creatine is, is one of the most research i think it's creatine and caffeine right are the two most researched supplements in the world Absolutely. pretty much um Okay, let's let, let's bring it on to let's bring it on to the the combat sports side of things, and that's what you always thoroughly enjoy talking about. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, if if people are going to be really kind of really going to get the most benefit out, of the next thing we're going to chat about, probably looking at going back and watch or listening to the the weight cut and one first. Um, yeah. Let's 
let's talk about, you know, I know you've touched on this before with me and some general chats, but Tony Ricci's model of a creatine load. And do you want to kind of explain that out? Yeah. And explain the effects of that. Absolutely. No problem. So whenever you're looking at like a, a weight cut or the weight cutting athlete, there, there does seem to be this juxtaposed uh, position where you see that, okay, this increases lean body mass, but I actually want to like get in a weight class-based sport. There's a certain number on the scales that I'm also targeting. So you do have somewhat conflicting demands to benefits within the creatine supplementation for these kind of athletes. And Tony Ritchie, an excellent coach, scientist, researcher, uh, if people want to look into this and go in a deep dive, I, I couldn't recommend more checking out some of his stuff. He's uh, at Fight Coach Richie on uh, on Instagram, or you, you can follow him online. He's got a website too. So, um, yeah, he works with Mark Henry's team. So Frankie Edgar, all, all those all those guys, you know, all the, all the killers over there. So he's really putting a lot of this stuff into practice. If anybody's you know has reservations about, well, is this really good enough for for me look at you know a lot of really really elite guys are are implementing this this strategy so what he tends to do danny whenever he's looking at the weight gain from creatine loading like i said it's typically like 1.2 kilograms or so that obviously everybody has individual differences with how much weight that they might gain in the initial phase Tony Ritchie recommends to do this whenever they're in a weight stable kind of a phase. So further away from competition when they're not trying to massively reduce body mass or they're not trying to uh, like gain muscle tissue or anything, just like to see exactly from just creatine loading, how much muscle tissue are they gaining from or how much water weight do they gain from that? So you would record their weight on the initial week, take average weight for the whole like week, whenever they're going into uh, the initial loading phase, then if anybody knows some of the, the different methods of, of taking creatine, generally a lot of the time you'll take like a dose of like 20 grams uh, per day for like five to seven days. And, and that kind of saturates the muscle in creatine and once you've got that like saturated level, it, it doesn't take such a, a robust dose to actually maintain those benefits. So generally people will then reduce to like a kind of a maintenance dose of three to five grams. This can also be done. Uh, Scott Forbes and Tony Ritchie wrote a, a review paper as well on how this all can be implemented for Martial artists, open source, free journal. So if, if anybody is interested in checking out, they can, they can message me on Instagram or whatever, and I, I can send that over to them. But um, what they also talked about, which makes a lot of sense to me, that this kind of what, what I just described was an absolute loading strategy. So you do 20 grams and then, you know, reduce it to three to five, but that, that's not really tailored that's like the same recommendation for me as it is for like a hundred kilo, you know, heavyweight as it is for like your 50 kilo fucking sister-in-law or whatever it might be. So uh, you can also do a relative load. 
versus uh, so it's more specific to your own body weight. Generally, what they would do for the loading phase there is multiply your body weight in kilos by 0.3. You could, that's for your loading phase. And then for your maintenance phase, the maintenance dose that they found uh, efficacious with that would be multiplying your body weight by 0.1. And that's how many grams that you should be taking uh, per day for both of those. So, sorry, I went on a little bit of a loop around there, but back to Richie's strategy. So once you've done that kind of loading phase, no matter what, if you've done the absolute load or if you've done the relative loading, then you're checking how, how, right, well, how much water weight have we gained during this phase? And what once your muscles are saturated, you, you're going to get a whole host of benefits, which we'll discuss earlier. It's not just the the muscle tissue, the size component, the creatine benefits. And we'll discuss that a little bit later. But essentially, while you're doing your training performance, then creatine is going to give you enhanced performance and your kind of max effort kind of stuff. But also, particularly if you're the combat sports athlete, that repeated effort, repeated bout kind of stuff which is if anybody's watched anything to do with combat sports, they know that that's just combat sports. It's just fucking go, stop, repeat. You know, you're constantly on that kind of a loop, the varying intensities, throwing a flurry of punches and then recovering and then you're back to it. And also you get the little rest with the rounds that's complete rest. So what Richie would do then what, what he suggests is that see how you're going with your weight cut have your like strategy to get down to the weight that you need and as kind of people that would have listened to the previous podcast uh, we would definitely if we were working together I would probably look at how far away that that weight cutting time is and we would then kind of like map out like what rate of weight loss do we need to incur through fat loss so we can set your calories excuse me the, the dog's going crazy she she loves her it seems like but uh, yeah. <laughs> so we would see how what rate of weight loss that we're we're going to be doing and then if it's a case that you're desperate that you really really need to pull out some of that water weight you can titrate down your dose as you come closer to the, the competition. So that's like probably going to be like an easy kilo that you have in the bank. Uh, you've just banked that kilo. You, you might not, you know, withdraw the creatine if things are going well, but it's a good little trump card to have in your, your pocket. And it shouldn't necessarily, you know, be too much to your detriment in your competition performance. If you pull out the creatine in the, the couple of weeks coming up, because you're going to have gotten the benefits during your training. You're, you're going to have like that'll have driven some training adaptations and you, it's going to stand to you. So even if you're not supplementing per se during the competition, it, it can definitely still play to your advantage to have trained in, in the supplemented state. So that's pretty much Tony Ritchie's kind of a, an approach and I, I really think it makes a lot of sense. It's quite good to have 
a couple of things to fall back on as well, uh, particularly, you know, different training stressors can lead to, you know, sometimes the, the plan A just doesn't go. So it's, it's always good to have a couple of trump cards hidden up your sleeve to, to make the weight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, and you know, when you see it being, it's a bit like Joe Jameson's energy system development. When you see it done at the highest level, it should give you some, yeah. you know, give you some confidence in the actual strategy itself. And like you said, having a little bit of a, of a trump card in your back pocket is always, is always nice. Um, that, does it have any effect, let's say, on, you know, I'm just thinking maybe post-weigh-in, obviously, maybe when it comes to with some carbohydrates yeah. and you're trying to get that weight back up, has it any positive effects on I'm that? I'm glad you asked, Danny. That's uh, it's a really interesting area, and there's not, like, a ton of research on this, but I would really, really pay attention over the next couple of years that this area is definitely, we have some pretty exciting preliminary studies that, that I can link to people, but basically they found that the super compensation, whenever we um, are restricting glycogen, that's a potential strategy that people may remember if they listen to our second discussion with each other. So whenever you are removing that glycogen, obviously you're doing it not for performance, you're doing it just to get to your weight, your desired weight, so you can make the competition. But whenever we're in the kind of post period of the weight cutting experience, we really, really want to maximize the amount of glycogen that we can get back into the muscle tissue because these combat sports, they tend to be really, really glycolytically demanding. They tend to burn through carbs whenever they're going through these really, really high intensity kind of intermittent uh, bursts that they do. So super important that we kind of resaturate the muscles and they found that in a study this was done actually with like an exercise ingestion an exercise intervention coupled with creatine and carbohydrate at the same time and they found that the creatine and carbohydrate compared to a carbohydrate only group they replenished a, a huge amount i can't remember the exact percentage off the top of my head but it was like a significant amount more carbohydrate was uh, saturated back into the muscle uh, as glycogen now we don't necessarily have enough research to give us like a, a really really good protocol that like to tell people like okay you should be like getting your carbs in creatine and also doing like fucking some uh, like low intensity kind of uh, intervals on the bike or something like we, we don't know if that is optimal or if you know that maybe there is some other approaches that just taking the creatine uh, that could could well uh, be sufficient but really exciting area like I say and uh, in my own point of view there there's definitely just no harm to you know, throwing in a little bit of creatine into your refueling shake or, or whatever it might be uh, yeah, immediately after weigh-in because it's looking promising. So, so why not? Like, it, there doesn't really seem to be any any downside. And um, yeah, I think we might. If um, I could just say, on. we might kind of touch on like the performance enhancing benefits to, because I kind of focused on the lean body mass stuff earlier, but we didn't really talk so much about exactly what creatine does for performance in athletes. If that's okay with you. 
absolutely yeah, fine, mate. Crack no on. Problem. So whenever we kind of look at creatine and what, what it does within the muscle for athletes, we kind of have to understand the energy systems and how you actually get energy. You produce it during competition. And a cool little analogy that people can kind of visualize this with that I heard actually Eric Helms, nutrition PhD, he, he described this very, very well. Uh, you could think of like your three energy systems as like three men pushing a car down the road. And you've got three of those systems. One of those systems is the ATP CP system. And if you want to visualize him as like one of those men, he's like the big giant, a big brute of a guy. He can like absolutely drive huge amounts of force, but because he's got so much force, he, he can't really uh, generate it for a long time. And your second guy, he's more of your like kind of glycolytic, is still anaerobic, but that there's your kind of lactic system. So medium size kind of guy, he, he can you know, generate a, a decent amount of force, still respectable, and he can prolong it for a little bit longer than, than that second guy. But then you have the aerobic uh, guy. He's like just the Mr. Chicken Legs, you know, he, he's a tiny dude. Uh, but he can't produce a lot of force, but he can, he can do it all day kind of thing. And a, a lot of people, like whenever they see this kind of laid out schematically, the, the energy systems, the, the classic like biology textbook version, uh, it's like, oh, you're like, ATP CP system is going like the big dude. He, he just goes for like 10 seconds. And then the second dude, your lactic system that, that goes for like beyond 30 to like two minutes or so. And then everything beyond that is all aerobic in reality, how that pans out in sports, intermittent sports, like even rugby GAA, you have your soccer combat sports they're never just like one of those systems are working and jack clark the another one of our colleagues actually kind of made this point very well on his show that, that he talked uh, to you about uh, but these don't just operate in a vacuum these systems they all affect each other so being really really good uh, aerobically fit it's going to help regenerate the anaerobic systems and a way that you could think of that is like if those three dudes are pushing the car down the road, you know, if, if the big guy is, you know, able to generate more force and more energy is going to be provided by him, it's obviously going to impact how much that the other two are going to be using their energy. So these different systems, whenever we look at them in isolation, we can sometimes be a bit reductionistic, but if we enhance which is what we do with creating supplementation, the big guy, the, the ATP CP system. So it's called, this is like your max out sprinting kind of performance system. If we improve that performance, it's going to have down chain effects onto the, the other systems and your overall energy expenditure throughout the fight or, or whatever it might be. So, I hope that makes kind of a, a bit of sense. And we have research that suggests that the creatine supplementation 
basically creatine is kind of stored in your muscle as phosphocreatine it's called and this phosphocreatine if you're doing like your zero to ten sprint like as hard as you can you, your body it works through like atp as the currency of energy and this phosphocreatine can like donate one of its like phosphagens uh, on the chemical level and that that's going to increase your performance uh, it's going to make you able to use that system for longer also supplementing with creatine increases what's called your free creatine so that, that's like just free creatine that's kind of located in the muscle but it's not like yet phosphocreatine and what that does is a very robust finding in the research that for your repeated bout sprints so whenever we go and then 30 seconds flat out and we have a little time to recover and then we do multiple reps of that, what that shows is that we actually enhance the amount of ATP that we can generate in repeated performance of these high intensity uh, activities. So th that's kind of the, the performance side of it. And I like to kind of think of it as like if you really, really improve one system, it's like the that that saying like the the high tide raises all ships kind of thing so that that's kind of what we see whenever you improve one energy system it's the, these things adaptations don't just kind of live in a vacuum on their own yeah i mean i've always been a big proponent of that um and, you know, like even if we bring it specifically back to creatine, there's so much research, as you said, probably one of the most researched supplements in the world. But even anecdotally, every every senior basketball team that I worked on and the, the team nutritionists nearly always recommended creatine. And this is just very anecdotal, but it does seem to have a, a pretty positive effect on their performance, especially at that, you know, that maybe high intensity and all kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And I know we, we, we before we got onto performance stuff, we touched on the promising kind of research in um, – post yep. post weigh-in and i know there's i know that it's like you actually touched on a little bit earlier and, and there's a good a good lot of um promising research and even though it's on rodents um when it comes to mild traumatic brain injury and concussion which yep. obviously is, is a huge topic in every sport but particularly in contact and combat sports like mma can tell me a little bit what, about what the research is and what you think is yeah, maybe absolutely. where you see it going Danny, forward so this is another super interesting area so like I said, the creatine is kind of stored within your muscle tissue, but 95% of it is, yeah, it's stored in the muscle tissue. But what we also see is that the, another 5% of that is actually stored in the, the brain as well. So they've done, and you correctly said, that the research on this is performed in rodent models, so with rats, and they have basically induced like brain trauma mild traumatic brain injury to rats so yeah nice nice study to to partake in i hope the animal rights people don't uh, don't get on to us but uh, what, what they found was that whenever they were supplementing these rats with creatine they actually shown that they had less markers of brain damage which is super interesting uh, of course unfortunately or fortunately depends on it if you're thinking of being a subject in one of these studies but uh, yeah that's not going to pass any ethics boards for uh, doing a human trial so uh, nobody we can't really test this it's not too ethical to like line up people and lump them with sledgehammers 
and uh, dose them up with creatine to see. But if I was a combat sports athlete and I was like somebody who is at risk of concussion and everything that goes along with that, even rugby players, we, we have some like hockey guys are in the, the gym that I'm at. And I would, you know, the, anything that where you're getting like that physical contact and you're at risk of a concussion, I certainly would be going down the road, the route of, of supplementation for creatine. Uh, just based off of those studies, I, I don't see any harm in doing it. And I see huge potential benefits from it. And probably the, the kind of last thing uh, on that as well, just, just that we are kind of talking about creatine and, and the brain. There have even been some research studies which suggest that it can enhance like cognitive performance as well. Now, a caveat to that, it, it doesn't seem to be such a large effect if you're just a, a standard uh, proponent of creatine, but the, the cohorts that have seen the, the largest uh, effects from this have been people who are sleep deprived actually, which dovetails actually quite interestingly back to the weight cutting athlete in particular just a, a little logistical thing that you might see as well from particularly the athletes who are engaged in the water loading strategies that I would have discussed in the previous show. If you've dread, I challenge you tomorrow, drink seven liters of, of water and don't get up in the middle of the night until you go to the toilet 18 times. So like the fact that this could pro potentially have cognitive performance enhancing benefits in the sleep deprived if that is a population that you're actually probably going to be if you're engaged in water loading concurrently then you know that like cognitive like the mind is everything like a lot of fighters will, will say you know it's it's 90 percent mental or whatever the, the cheesy quote that they'll probably throw out of, the, of those lines would be but yeah if you can do a high dose creatine. Uh, it it actually does tend to be a a loading kind of dose, so one of the higher doses that we see the the improvements in, in cognition. So certainly that that could also be another another factor. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, in my head, when when you when I when I you know think about cognitive events of of you know or mobile or i just think in the opposite right so you see cognitive um effects on dehydration yeah. in, in a negative aspect so that's where it kind of comes into my mind but the the, the sleeping yeah. is also it makes a lot of sense right you know anyone who it, who is trying to trying to hold a lot of water and is intaking by water and do the water loading they yeah. are of course going to get up more times during the night so that's all interesting stuff and like you know i think this is like we said already one of the most researched yeah. supplements in the world with a lot of positive results there's only going to be more and more research done on this. They're only going to push the boat out to see how far Absolutely. they can take this, I, mean, I guess, right? Really, really, uh, at this stage, uh, to be honest, from just looking at the sheer numbers of, of data on it, it's really looking like it's some kind of like literal super nutrient, you know, uh, like rather than just like mm -hmm. bog standard run of the mill supplement, the, the efficacy is, you know, it's, across so many different populations that uh, personally like if you're like a competitive athlete and you're not taking it if you're for example as well like 
uh, vegans and vegetarians like they they tend to like they're they're just not going to get it in their diet so we we actually see the most uh, pronounced responses to creatine supplementation and those kind of vegetarian or vegan populations um also there there's kind of a dependent on the muscle fiber type as well we've seen that people with the kind of type 2x so you're you're really fast twitch they tend to be the the most respondent to creatine but overall like most populations will respond somewhat to creatine uh, it just really uh, depends there there's going to be the ones then that just don't get it at all through their their normal diet or their normal kind of habits so they're probably going to be like the hyper responders nice yeah i mean this is it right i think if, you, if you're looking at um why you're fast twitch they tend to have the best ability to produce for yeah. a short period of time as well you know um so that might be a little bit closer to why creatine it works um quite well with them and of course like anything if you introduce anything to people they're going to get some beginner gains as well so it's really there is so many positive effects to to taking creatine and to loading it properly and in every sport, like I said, you, you, we're talking mostly with combat sports. We talked a little bit about rugby, game football, whatever, all these high-intensity uh, interval yeah. sports, and same with basketball as well. Um, is Before we move on, is there anything um, you want to so touch I on or finish up on, on creatine? Just to give the, the devil his due and make sure that, like, I'm, I'm not trying to sell it as, like, this panacea. It's not going to, like, cure cancer or it's not going to, like, I, I don't want to sound like just a mouthpiece for the industry. So... Just to let people know that uh, there are some studies where people now this is questionnaire data, so it's like the reliability is you know it's not the same as like a, a randomized control trial, but they, some people do get like GI kind of discomfort or issues, or some people have reported uh, on like loading phases in questionnaire data. I've seen so there's been like a, a dose dependent increase in like the likes of like diarrhea for for some people reported so ju just to kind of give the the other side it's it's kind of a, a fair hearing as well there's definitely i'm not saying that it's it's all sunshine and roses like with anything you should probably you know consult your doctor consult whatever if, you, if you're going to do it i'm not a i'm not a doctor as they say and uh, this is just two guys having a talk about you know uh a really exciting supplement that's that's you know it's legal uh, across the board uh, we would probably just recommend if athletes are going to take it that they look on informsport.com is a great website that they've compiled all the different companies that are like tested um, by this external body so that they don't contain any of the the dodgy uh, you know whatever contaminated supplements uh, so anything that's on the informedsport.com library, that they would be safe supplements to actually use. And yeah, like you're probably not going to get popped for any test or anything because you've went to some shitty company that's, you know, making it in their basement or whatever. So that, that would probably be the, the main thing with, with yeah. uh, this supplement. Uh, the final thing, just a final thing that comes to mind if you are going to try and take it, like take it with like some common sense. Don't like just add it like right before your most important competition. Like 
with anything, it's probably going to be good to like do a test creatine load further out from competition, see how it feels for you. If it's, you know, going good, if, if you feel pretty funky on it, then that, that's good. You can, you can, you, you can mess about with it. But, uh, you know, if you're one of these populations who's going to have, you know, bio, biology is complex, man. People react to things differently. So, you know, of course, just, you know, don't, don't be a dick about it, you know, uh, take it, you know, further out from competition, see if you like it, see if you get the benefits. If so, keep her lit. That, that would be my advice. Yeah, I mean, it's important to have, you know, paid devil's advocate and everything. And I know you, I mean, using common <laughs> no, sense is so really common. important in every not aspect so of literally everything, you know. Um, I know, I know. And like people react, like you say, people react differently in different ways. It's everything's individualized. I mean, we had Mary on yesterday um, and we were talking about all her nutrition research where she looked into goat's milk, um, cow's yeah. milk, whey protein and carbohydrate intake and all these different things and how people react on recovery and stuff like that so to think that anything yeah. one size fits all and anything is just you know is ludicrous so it's, it's important to to play devil's advocate and it's important to you know sure. like you like we say use some common sense um okay let's let's just move on George uh, just I want we had wanted to have a little bit of chat this because yeah, you're the first yeah. person that I know Connor who is back to work Who's back opening up? Um, anyone who doesn't know, you live out in in Budapest, and I, I know we said it at the start of the podcast. Um, so tell yeah, me, tell me what it's been like. How been how has the return to work been? I love helping people out. You know, this kind of fitness stuff is really really fulfilling for me. And uh, being away from the gym, uh, away from the environment, of course, that has like everybody. You know, it's nothing special for like being away from the gym. I'm sure other career paths they they feel the same, you know, you just your, your general, you know, meeting the people in person, that social interaction. Um, but overall, really, really encouraging. People are, you know, still vigilant. We're disinfecting, following, you know, as sanitary as we can. The big advantage that I have over here is that I'm operating out of a, a really, really great kind of a small gym facility. We're just a, an SNC kind of based facility and we, we take in smaller groups more kind of community based so no, not like the typical big box gym and I'll be honest man it's been like a second January now I think people you know that pe people have been bored but not like broke like but a lot of like the typical trainees the clientele that we work with they're you know they're they're still maintained their jobs they, they've still been you know, fortunate that they've been able to, you know, work online. And yeah, I think there, there's going to be a real great hunger for, you know, competent professionals whenever we come out of this whole, uh, as a as a globe, uh, whenever we come out of this whole COVID thing, um, for sure that the demand for that in-person uh, coaching is, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be eternal. I, I really think they're, you're never going to run out of the, the demand for, you know, uh, like I say, competent professionals who, who care about the results that we're getting for the clients. And I'm fortunate that, that that's the kind of facility that I've found myself in over here. I'll, I'll give them a little plug. They're smasher training systems. Um, definitely, you can keep the eyes on, on their socials as well. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, I, I would 
certainly think it's it's not all doom and gloom if you're living in some part of the world that's you know gotten more stricter kind of return protocols at the minute uh, and you're in this space this fitness space just keep the faith keep fighting the good fight and you you know double down on you know your kind of uh, service markers have you got the extra kind of time to yourself have you got more time in your hands start making your systems start getting your fucking you know your like clients information stuff nailed start getting like protocols with you know what when are you going to do certain tasks during the week get get all that stuff on lock you know that this lockdown it, it can be as much of an opportunity as it is a fucking you know it's of course it's it's terrible it's a terrible time for everyone but Look at life sometimes does that. So you just, what, what are you going to do? Okay. Uh, in my view, you should just take it as a time to refine now and come back stronger than ever. Uh, if Hungary is anything to go by, the demand is going to have a rebound effect. Yeah, of course, of course. And like, I've been trying to push all the trainers at our gym to use this time to, you know, this is, this is a, anything that you said you couldn't do because you didn't have the time or you've now had the time for 12 weeks. So anything you wanted to do, this is a time to do it. And we've tried our best with our own gym to kind of improve our system. So, you know, we've, we've recorded loads more intro videos from when people sign up for training and loads more explanation. There's loads of stuff you can do. If you, this time should be time to be used to improve your service. And I mean, it's, it's good just to hear somebody. You're the first person I know who's back. Yeah. We're still in phase one yeah. here in, in, in Toronto. So we're still quite a while off. We're probably... I mean, we're probably still looking at maybe 10 weeks or so, possibly before we're back in the gym. Which, um, but look, I, you know, we're a bigger facility than obviously you're on as well. So that, that plays against us a little bit. But, you know, it gives us loads of time to step ring up to really have a look Absolutely. at how the rest of the gym are sure doing it and provide the best service we, we can. Certain way um, we can, you know, make, make it more distanced or whatever. But, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we we have we have sectioned it all off now to so different areas yeah, for different yeah. parts and screens and uh, there's so much stuff, mate. It's ridiculous, but but uh, yeah, 100. Um, what I was going to say to you, so as always, mate, it's the third time you've been on and you've plugged yourself twice already. But now that you're back to work, maybe more important. Yeah, so join kind of on where they can find so you, where they can see your business me, and stuff. I, I'm mostly just using my personal page on on Instagram now, so at Connor Murray 1995, um, on there. Then, yeah, Facebook, you can just find me, Connor Murray. I have, like, fitness pages that I, I sparingly kind of update. Uh, Murray Fitness Performance. Uh, you probably look at, like, older stuff that I posted. But um, if you're wanting to be current, you can email me as well. If there's any questions that spring to mind or you want to chase me up for some of the research studies that, that you'd like to check out, you can email me at connor one n dot buddha pt at gmail.com uh, and that's pretty much me perfect perfect mate thank you so much for coming on today dude um and as always we'll get you back on you'll probably <laughs> be the first the person record, to do five podcasts 10 podcasts no, 20 podcasts it's really awesome though the fucking yeah. well done. you're really, really doing a, a cool thing with this show and it's been a real honor to be part of the, the community that you're you're pulling together of really really diverse kind of uh, different uh, 
you know practitioners so so kudos to you well done that's that's really awesome cheers mate cheers mate all right um yeah i talk to you pretty much every day so i would say stay in touch but we do already so mate take it easy look after yourself and i'll chat to you soon much to Connor for coming on today it's uh, some real interesting stuff on creatine like I said one of the most researched uh, supplements in the world and you know Connor was the first person to come on this podcast twice and then three times and he'll be on it loads of times I'm sure he'll be a regular guest so if there's more any more research that comes out we can maybe come on and we can reevaluate what it's saying so in the next couple of weeks we've got a bunch of guests coming on uh, we're going to talk to Andrew Gill who is a head coach with Basketball Island we're going to talk about his experiences and skill acquisition something a little bit different we're going to talk to Dave Williamson once again, and we're going to talk about this time on preparing a you know a swimming athlete for a gala and some of the stuff he does when it comes to transition with these athletes. We're going to talk to Jack Clark about all things S and C. We're going to talk to Evan Hersey about a return to play protocol for Gaelic footballers, and we're also going to talk to Mike Frawley on GPS units and how they can you know you can use them to monitor or how they can interpret what you want to do with your training and how maybe there's some flaws with them and issues around using them. So. A bunch of things that we're going to talk about with a bunch of people. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned.